the only thing you care about. That's right. The Football Pod is back. If GAA is the only thing you care about, make sure you don't miss the return of the Football Pod. You just knew it was coming down the track. Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The Football Show on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to anything I can. Well, do, it then. Again. do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manage? Yeah, not have a mobile phone. Why should he? Oh. I'm here at Hamden Park ahead of tomorrow night's Nations League clash between Scotland and the Republic of Ireland. And I'm delighted to be joined by a former Republic of Ireland international, Darren O'Dea, who's now coaching with Celtic. How are you keeping? I'm doing very well, thanks. Is this a stadium that brings back good memories? Uh, yeah, yeah. Two cup finals? Uh, one in particular, yeah, scored in, so... Uh, Actually, myself, Aidan McGeady scored, so uh, good times, good times for Irish football as well. Uh, so, yeah, some good memories, all right. What are the memories of McGeady like up here? It's funny, because back in Ireland, it's, like, he's nearly 100 caps. There's yeah. a sense of unfulfilled talent, but they probably almost saw his best stuff up here. Uh, no, yeah, I think I think that's a, a compliment to Aidan that he's had the career he's had and people still think he's maybe not reached his full potential to have kind of, I'm sure he's got 90-odd caps, uh, millions and million pounds worth of moves uh, playing the Premier League Russia made a real successful time in Russia there's not many people who've done that so um, if he's unfulfilled his talent he's done alright um, yeah. so he's no, he's remembered very very fondly up here he won a lot of a lot of uh, kind of awards with the team but also personal awards as well so um, he's certainly remembered well up here I'll go in with the deep stuff straight away what about you then did you fulfil your talent? Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Uh, I I was different than Aiden. I had to maximise what I'd got uh, in terms of natural abilities. Um, probably what seen me retire, particularly young. Um, but yeah, I, listen, I look back and I certainly, certainly with maturity, you could have done things slightly differently. But um, over the piece, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd maximised it. How does the former Republic of Ireland international, former footballer, sit with you? You're you're 35. There's plenty of players your age still out there. You, you comfortable yeah. that it's? Oh yeah, yeah. No, like listen. Uh, going back to three, four years ago now, um, I had an offer on the table to a three-year contract to continue playing, um, and I accepted a job at I'm going to say it was ten times less salary to go and coach. Right. I, I, when I reached 31, I knew, I knew I wanted to be a coach. Um, and it, it the, the toughest thing for me was actually accepting that I wanted to stop there and then. Everyone had told me since I was 15 years old, play as long as you can. And and I'd probably advise people that myself, but I was different. I wanted to stop. Um, so I knew what I wanted to do. So from the Why day did I you want to stop? I knew I was I was done. It was only a matter of just hanging Physically on. Physically or mentally? Um, no, more just in terms of progression. I wasn't going to get any better. Uh, I was... I was playing obviously a decent level in the Scottish Premier League here, um, but I, I wanted to be, I was always at my best and I'm at my best when I'm chasing something down and at the minute I feel I'm at the bottom of a ladder trying to climb up, I certainly um, have a lot more drive about me than when I felt I was just going through the motions and trying to just get by. It's interesting, I spoke to a golfer who had a very successful career on the European Tour who said something similar that like the fight of getting to the top was what drove them and actually when they became comfortable on the European Tour, the joy was sort of sucked out of it, even though they were competing week in, week out at a, at a really high level. Just didn't feel like there was much to fight for. 
Yeah, well, I, listen, I wasn't at the very top. But I was just many layers above me. But it, it got to a point where I had, uh, I think it was around 30, I'd changed a few things in my life to try prolong my career and found that I couldn't push the same way as I could when I was 20 years old. Um, and going back to it, I think the way I trained to actually gain a career was a little bit manic and probably caught up me a little bit physically. So, um, no, I was I was very content. And to be honest, it wasn't necessarily to do with my body, it was to do with my mind. I wanted to coach. Uh, when I was going and coaching in the evenings with Dundee at the time, I was more looking forward to that than I was participating in training. So, and that was unusual for me. So what was it about training when you were a kid? Because you're obviously dealing with a lot of young players now with Celtic, when you say about really pushing yourself so hard in training sessions. What what were you doing that was different to, to people around you? I was doing extra all the time. Uh, physically, technically, I was staying on the pitch longer than people. Um, and listen, it, it's hard to explain this to people that haven't gone through it. Listen, you have to have talent. You have to have a, a, a certainly a high level of talent to breakthrough at Celtic you, you definitely need to but I look back in the last kind of 20 years of players that have come through at Celtic um, in my lifetime and in my generation and they all have similar similar characteristics in terms of humility and respect I think that goes a long way and understanding that um, the kind of level you're trying to aspire to is is huge so the way you work every day matters it's not just a week it's an actual full commitment to your life so uh, I think uh, probably the penny dropped quicker for me than it did to other players I'd imagine there is a, a mental toll to that as well that constant yeah. by the sounds of it a, a real intense pressure you're putting on yourself every single day you think I left home when I was 15 mm. that's crazy you say to a 15 year old you need to make a, a decision that's going to affect the rest of your life it's not natural it's it's arguably not right Um but yeah, you make a you make a commitment. My biggest, I what drove me was kind of fear of coming back home. I didn't want to come back to Ireland and be the guy that didn't make it, um, and that probably stayed with me my whole career. So, uh, listen, as I said, I, I I look back now. I thought I was the best player in the world back then. But looking back, I'd, I had a, a certain level of ability, um, but certainly the kind of mentality and the the work ethic that comes with this was the the key to making a career. Like played and scored in this great stadium you, you lived the dream you represented Ireland scored for Ireland are there any regrets when you as you say leave home at 15 so, so many of your friends look at your career and think god I wish I had that but they went down a different path had a probably far more relaxed uh, straightforward lifestyle are there parts of you that think things could have been different or um, do you look back with if, actually, if I, I did could live the dream no I, if I could change things I would I would certainly have when I first came over here stuck in an education I had things that I <laughs> I was meant to do that I didn't do now listen people say oh it's well and good you go and have a career and but I'm going back now and doing these things so I just completed a business management course uh, and I didn't do it for any other reason and I just felt I'd no qualifications outside of football I'd know nothing in life outside of football so I did it um, nearly just to prove to myself but I was on that exact same course when I first came over here 15 16 years old um, so if I could change one thing with experience, it would have been to to use the spare time a little bit better. Um, when but you're certainly, 15, you don't think like no, that. no. Of course you don't. Sure, I think I, I was leaving most days in the college to to go into the shops, or sometimes it was the bookies. So, right. Um, 
but listen yeah that's experience that's maturity uh, it is mad when you think about it like, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's unnatural changing things and Irish players are waiting that little bit longer but there's not a person listening who doesn't know somebody from their local club or locality who went over to England at a young age and went into digs and as you say were the ones who ended up coming back home it's, it's such an unnatural environment to expect people to succeed yeah for sure I remember like my first paycheck and I'd never I didn't know tax so I, I thought the club had paid me wrong because I was, I'd, I expected a certain figure and I, I'd only gotten uh, a certain percentage of it. And that, that's mental that you're even you're in your own environment. You're in, you're on your own essentially, and obviously you have your parents back home. But other than that, you're you're on your own and you go for it. Um, I I look I look actually again the ones I played with Seamus Coleman, Shane Long, Kevin Doyle. Those those type of guys stayed a little bit longer and. They're probably the ones I look at, and they've Good probably their shoulders. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So when you look back over the course of your career, and like bursting onto the scene at like 19 with Celtic, and uh, very quickly starting to get involved in Irish setups, and then you—I don't know if you chased the sun or like we spoke to you a lot through the years—and yeah. you're in different parts of the world. When when did the the passion for coaching start to kick in? When do you start thinking about life after playing? Ukraine. So right. I grew up at Celtic, grew up, and I, I thought Celtic was the only way to do things because of the size of the club, the level we were at, playing in Europe, uh, winning leagues. Um, and then when I went to Toronto, it was a completely different environment and experience. And then I flipped over to Ukraine and it was the polar opposite again. Um, and I probably resisted it quite a bit as a player. And I was, it was ir- irritable at times because people were doing things differently than what I was used to. And I was associated. The standards weren't as high. No, 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 no. Just the methods of doing okay. things were completely different. Um, but I started to realise there was a million ways of doing things, uh, and I also realised, being around different cultures, backgrounds, um, that there was a million different people out there, and they weren't all like me. Um, and that understanding around people, and and uh, I suppose a little bit of emotional intelligence came from it. I, I probably developed more in the year in Ukraine just as a person because it took it took a, a, a lot to do. Um, obviously, on my own, there was a lot of unrest there. But from a fo- as a footballer aspect, but more as a person, developed massively by going abroad. Uh, and that then, I started to realise I maybe had strengths when dealing with people. And naturally, that then brought me into coaching. Uh, with Stephen Bradley, the Shamrock Rovers manager in the studio recently, and he was talking about his passion for coaching. Even at 25, 26, he was, he was looking forward to retirement because he was soaking up everything and taking notes of every training session. Were you like that when you were in Ukraine and when you were traveling around? Were you starting to notice dif- this different styles of different managers and, and how they made that connection with people? Yes and no. Yes, I was. But what, and it's still now, is what intrigues me more is people. Is I enjoy working with people and, and trying to be part of their lives and trying to, I suppose, help them get to where they want to go to, um, whether that's collectively as a team or, or an individual person. So what probably intrigued me more was was dealing with people from all different backgrounds. Everyone had their own individual story. Um, and I suppose, looking back to my own career, I, I, I looked at there were certain people in my life um, that helped enormously um, and treated me like an individual. So, um, of course, yeah, you, you naturally, I look back and some of the fantastic managers I played under and coaches, and I wasn't so much into taking down sessions all the time. It was picking up how people behaved, how they acted, um, what maybe motivated them and why it did. Um, and that's probably 
I realised I wasn't too bad at, at mixing with people, trying to mix into an Indian dress room when I was in Mumbai, Ukrainian, Russians, uh, over in Canada and with, with Americans and Canadians. So I realised I wasn't bad at it. Yeah. And I suppose if you can if you can handle and be adaptable around people, you're you're half the way there, been coaching, you can be the best coach in the world, have the best session. If people don't want to listen to you and you don't connect with them, it won't make a blind bit of difference. The connection and the very best managers obviously have it, but there's also a, a results element that is more important than everything and longer term we can get into your current work at Celtic but longer term is it the the coaching the development of players that you feel you'll always get enough enjoyment of that or do you feel at some stage actually I want to be the guy on the sideline down there making the final decision and taking all the pressure that comes with that because it is a different thing a huge thing from you know helping players grow and getting the satisfaction of seeing them run out making their debut one day yeah so Essentially, why I was adamant on on going in the path of working with in in development environment and without those pressures you're talking about is I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think you can do both. I think if you want to be a top level manager, you have to be a a player developer, a developer of of a team. You have to have clear identity of what you what you believe. There's a million ways of doing things, but what you believe, um, and then ultimately that is the thing that brings the success, brings the results you're talking about. I don't want to be a, a manager that goes in and, and is only there just purely to get a result on a Saturday. I want to do something more than that. So the first things were first is go and, and learn from the start and have the humility to understand that just because I had a playing career didn't mean I was going to be a good coach. Um, I looked at them as two completely different jobs. Certain experiences I had a player that maybe helped me, but if I want to be doing this for the next 30, 40 years, it's a new job and it's something I wanted to learn right from the very start. And you're at the very early stages. Uh, I think you're going to be awarded your pro license tomorrow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, very young to be getting that. Like, do you, do you see this as a 30, 40 year thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. I, listen, I think, I think I've touched on it without sounding arrogant. I think I'm good at it, but I think I've, I, I've gotten good attributes for it. Um, so now it's about putting in the work and that's what I've been doing for the last number of years. I obviously did it off the while I was playing a little bit of coaching, but now since I've retired, I've certainly worked a hell of a lot harder than I did when I was playing a lot longer hours. Um, but I love it. I love doing what I do, do every day. And I suppose that's the key to anything. If you love what you're doing, it, it certainly doesn't feel like work. So I'm, I'm really enjoying, I'm enjoying uh, the last three years. So what's your current title at Celtic? Uh, it's kind of Celtic B team head coach. There's, it's a joint role, myself and Steve McManus, uh, who obviously ex-Scottish international and Celtic captain. Um, so the two of us lead the B team. Uh, there's different setups in different countries in terms of what a B team, a reserve team, an under-23 team yeah. involves. How does it work in Celtic? So what players are you dealing with? Uh, yeah, so essentially the reserve team, that's the easiest way to maybe explain it. Um, but the difference is now this year there's obviously been a bit of restructure in the club where it's directly under the manager uh, he takes a massive say in it so it's essentially trying to align our team into the first team in terms of style and play culture um, profile of player recruitment everything aligns into the first team and hopefully that gives a, a kind of the gap between reserve team football and first team football is huge, especially at Celtic because of the size of the the first team is at. Um, so hopefully this kind of alignment gives us a better chance to get more players through. Brilliant thing for the players to have that, that they're ready to slot into Ange Postacoglu's system. But also as a coach, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because you, with all your travels and all your experience, probably have ideas about yeah. how the game should be played. But you're having to implement what somebody else 
believes in. You, I guess you need to balance that up in your head that you're learning from a clearly a brilliant manager. Is there room for self-expression within that? Um, yeah, so th- these again goes back to the very start of why I went down this route. It was I I have a belief in how football should be played. Uh, again, I go back. There's a million ways of doing. I have a belief. I wanted to work at a club that I wouldn't have to sacrifice my own principles. So I can assure you, having to align in with this manager, I'm not sacrificing any of the principles I have in my head. He's got a, a wonderful way he sees football. And now the the nuances and the way he does certain things are are unique to him. Um, but it's a pleasure to coach it. It's a fantastic style, and as I said, the broad principles are are exactly what I believe in as well. Yeah, he seems like a brilliant person to be around you say he has that emotional intelligence that you feel you need but also the style of football like it is the modern style of football you, you probably grew up with a lot of managers who I, I don't want to say is old school but you know there was a more direct at times a bit more defensive like crowds these days they want to see strong attacking possession football and there's a few teams doing it better than Celtic right now well Celtic are built on it Celtic football club is built on entertaining people um and of course the byproduct of that is winning cups and leagues um, listen I don't want to get too dramatic with it but I do feel this manager is, is just it's perfect timing for me um, because all the kind of brave things I'm saying of, of wanting to play in a certain way and wanting my team to represent a, a certain style uh, and the consequences of that being winning leagues and winning cups of course we all want to do that but I want to do it in a certain way He's living proof. He's he's sticking his neck on the line, and and when things get tough, you see the strength he's got and and how much he actually believes in what he do, he does. So um, clearly, the whole club, the players, the coaching staff, everyone in the club takes strength from that, and hopefully, I can. Well, I know I'm learning a hell of a lot from it. So he's taking a very active interest. You're you're getting to spend a lot of time yeah. working with him and learning off him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is is fantastic. Part of the role. Um, I think the way he'd maybe describe it is myself and Stephen would be kind of head coaches and he's like a director of football so ultimately everything will go through him but he gives us a lot of kind of autonomy to make decisions again that's a fantastic learning experience for me Um, but yeah he's, he's someone that you look at and you think in 30 years time I'll probably be repeating things he right. said and, and learn from so that's gold dust that's when you know you're in the right place so yeah, I'm very fortunate in that sense and you've seen how long it at times can take managers to make an impact like it's incredible how quickly you watch that Celtic team and it's in the mould of what he wants how he uses the wingers were you surprised by how quickly everyone was able to buy into it and how he was able to get the team playing the way he wanted them to play uh, if you had asked me before he came in yes I'd have been surprised how quickly he did it um, but then when you, you see him up close and it goes back to he's so consistent in what he believes um, and you so can just only the clarity of the message so cl- clear um, and he'll never wobble and he's been listen he's, he's managing Celtic Football Club which is enormous pressure every day um, but he's clear in what he wants and ultimately then the players are uh, I think now as a supporter when you come to the stadium you know what you're coming to watch um, so obviously my job is to is to align into them it's a, it's a tough feat to try align with myself and Stephen to try kind of mirror what they're doing because obviously the standard they've set is so high but it's a fantastic challenge It must be a, a really exciting time to be around it as well because as well as the team are doing on the pitch there's just such a buzz around the club like people all over Europe are talking about Celtic and the attractiveness of that style of football I'd imagine going into the training ground every Every day, it's it's probably as as high as it's ever been. Look, listen, again, that's something he's big on: is the culture, the environment being correct, and and people wanting to be part of it. Um, and 
ultimately wanting to come in to get better every day so I suppose I mirror what the players are trying to do I want to come in and I want to be part of it and I want to get better every day so um, as I said I'm very fortunate and I feel I feel very lucky that I've I've kind of um, worked my way into this position and things now at the at the minute are, are, are very good for yeah. me Have you got to spend a bit of time with him away from football at all? No <laughs> I don't think anyone has football, it's football. It's football, yeah. football, football. Yeah. Uh, your role now, I obviously, you know, you're 35, I look at you as a, a very young coach, but for the 17, 18-year-olds who are coming in, you're an old man, yeah. uh, telling them how things were back in your day. How relevant is what you went through at Celtic to the young players you're dealing with now? Because that paycheck that you got is probably three, four times what now what they're getting. No, I don't know. Are you, are you I don't know. Right? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I tried to... I tried to step away from that because as I said I, I everyone is individual every player I deal with is, is just completely different and they, and they could be some are from, from different countries and that's natural that you think they're different and, and they have different backgrounds but there's guys that are living and grew up streets apart they're different and their stories are different and how they behave and what makes them kind of motivated their family background everything I, I love getting to know that side of the players and, and seeing kind of what makes them tick and um, I think once you really understand that, I think it's really easy to coach them. And I, I've been fortunate, I've worked with kind of a real, it's a, quite a large group of players for pretty much the three years I've been in. Um, I know them inside out and that makes my job very, very much simpler because I know I know what's what with them. And the biggest thing is they trust me. <laughs> so gaining trust from young, especially young players, I can't really comment on first team players, I'd imagine it's very similar, but gaining the trust of them is the key. And then after that, it's ultimately about the information I give them. And I'd like to think I work my very hardest to get the best possible information they can get. You came at a time when there was a conveyor belt of talent going from Ireland to Celtic every single summer it felt like uh, with the changes around Brexit and all that it's slightly different there are still quite a few young Irish players like Rockavata Rock yeah. who you'd be working with what's your sense of the, the skill set of the young players who are arriving at Celtic considering now they're bringing in players from all over the world yeah I, I've I've probably noticed a, a slight difference in, in Irish players in particular I think I think the education they're getting now here in or sorry, say in here in Ireland, or they're getting back in Ireland is is better. I can I can tell from the way. I think there's a lot more technical players coming through. Um, it remains to be seen. It's hard. It's hard at Celtic. Listen, Celtic are a club that they're obviously we've got a recruitment team that looks right round Europe. Uh, Ireland is is right at the forefront of that. But you're competing with teams not only now in England, but you've seen a number of players in the last kind of couple of years couple over in, in Italy um, and in different countries so it's very hard to kind of get the best uh, talent in any country um, but certainly Ireland is producing I think players now that I'm starting to see a, a kind of slight change in the profile of player. Yeah the education side of it is that something you're trying to drill into those young players as well you, you touched on it at the start of you know you should have been doing things when you came over to Celtic but maybe the bright lights and all of that that you know forcing those young players actually to take the educational side of it a bit more so that they do have not yeah. just something to fall back on but just you know I, I, I yeah I'm, I'm big in it but I'm telling <laughs> you the, the, I'm telling you the, wor the worst is the parents right the parents don't want them doing it wow. so um, you think you think it's all about the kids and that uh, trust me I've I've done my level best to get players why is to that, get, do you think? because they see the opportunity and they, they probably think that if they take their eye off football that, that it's impossible to possibly commit any other time to anything else um, and I completely understand it because I did it myself um, 
but I think with with age and maturity, you look back and think, no, I could have done that easily. Uh, I could have I could have aligned a, a degree or whatever it may be, or a, a, over here tires, or you're leaving cert, whatever whatever it is. Um, but listen, that's my that's my kind of thing. I'm sure there's plenty of players that would say they weren't bothered in the slightest. They didn't get any sort of education. But it's something I look back on and thought. Well, I'm doing it now, so I wish I'd have just done it then. You touched on your time in Ukraine and how much you learnt over there. You were in Ukraine around the time of the initial aggression yeah, that's right, into yeah. Donetsk. I'm sure you have a lot of close friends yeah. there. How has that been over the last six months, knowing what you know and having to you know, watch all the, all the pictures that everybody else is becoming so aware of and, and the conversations you've had with people back in Ukraine? Yeah, it, it's scary because obviously the... Uh, there's a lot of places that you hear are obviously there's there's uh, trouble in that I remember hearing someone's family was from there or their their parents uh, were from um, a lot of the kind of guys over there didn't speak great English so you're speaking through Instagram and it's emojis these days but it, it's actually a it's the brilliant side of social media you can still kind of converse with them I think the large majority of them are fine personally um, but of course they're families extended families it's a horrendous time and uh, the connection i had over there with people that it was a wonderful country it's just it's scary and it's uh, listen i'm i'm no um i'm no worse off than than anyone here i certainly wouldn't patronize anyone we're lucky and fortunate that we're here and we're watching in but hopefully hopefully things can can uh, unravel there and, and essentially stop because there, it's a it's a fantastic place and, and somewhere i'm really fond of you're going to be back here tomorrow then and Scotland against the Republic of Ireland. It's a huge game. I think it's going to be pretty much a sellout here. Uh, what's your sense of what Stephen Kenny has done over the last couple of years? I love it. I love it. Um, I was involved, obviously, in the national team with Trapatoni and, and as much as there was success, there was there was many a, a time I either read or kind of heard through family, friends, the papers, that the style of football wasn't good enough. It was boring or it was too pragmatic and... I think that's been levelled at a number of managers. Um, and I think of all the successful Ireland managers in my lifetime, Jack Charlton, Mick McCarthy, Trapatoni, Martin O'Neill. And to a certain extent, I, I loved watching uh, some of those teams. Um, but to a certain extent, they were pragmatic. They played off energy and on the front foot and put the ball forward quickly. And I've heard a lot of t- uh, t- uh, Irish people and fans speak about style of play and, and maybe dominating the ball, a more modern approach. And you've got a guy in Stephen Kenny and, and Keith Andrews that have gone in and, and said, right, we'll stick our neck in the line. I admire it. <coughs> Excuse me, I admire anyone that does or takes up the role of management, first of all, but certainly that has that clarity that we spoke about um, to go in and go through a sticky patch and have their maybe futures questioned, but say, no, this is the way we're going to do it. Um, and I admire it greatly. And I think you've seen over the last year, certainly strides and you, you've touched on it. it results have to come eventually and fingers crossed they are slowly but surely getting there uh, Scotland were here on Wednesday night uh, very impressive against Ukraine uh, Celtic-esque almost with the high intensity to it and they pressed up really high on Ukraine it was a world away from what we saw during the summer against the Republic of Ireland it, it, it feels from listening to the Scottish players you probably got a sense of it in Scotland that there was quite the fallout from that defeat to Ireland yeah I, w- I have to admit we're watching the game I was I was obviously delighted <laughs> because <laughs> Ireland were playing so well, but Scotland were really under par that night. Um, so I don't expect that tomorrow night. It's a very good side, Scotland. Uh, a lot of excellent individual players, but Steve Clark's done a fantastic job with them collectively. Um, 
So I, I would be expecting a hell of a bigger ch uh, challenge than, than what Ireland faced uh, before. So I think tomorrow night will be, to get the same result again, it's going to take a, a big, big ask. What about the defensive selection for Stephen Kenny? Because he has a hell of a lot of options there. The expectation seems to be that Nathan Collins will start, that John Egan will start, and then it's one of Shane Duffy, Seamus Coleman or, or Darrow Shea as part of a, a back three. What are your thoughts as a centre-back on, on, on all those players? Well, I think I think it's it's the profile of player that fits the way Stephen Kenny wants to play. I think if you play an extra centre back, if you like, in there, in Shane Duffy, it maybe gives you solidity. It gives you certainly threat from set plays and and aggression in your own box. If you play someone like Seamus Coleman, it probably gives you more fluidity to build the play. So. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stephen Kenny maybe opting for something like that, like a, a Seamus Coleman in that position because obviously he's naturally a fullback. He'll give you that comfort in possession, um, and as I said, that filters into what Stephen is ultimately trying to do. Either way, they're they're good selection uh, selections to have, and seems like Ireland are now building a, a kind of a group of players. And there's there's headaches for Stephen where earlier in his his kind of reign. It, there wasn't so many to mm. pick from. Now he's he's given experience to younger players that have have kind of stepped up. Uh, we need the OD. I want to manage Ireland headline at the end of this. Is like you're still very young. I'd imagine it's a patient approach you're taking towards next steps along the way. That by the sounds of it, you're you're loving life, learning under Ange Postecoglou. Yeah, I, my biggest thing is was getting in an environment that I didn't need to bend my own kind of beliefs in football, and, and certainly Celtic is is more befitting of that. Um, and I just want to be challenged and, and feel like I'm challenged and, and have the opportunity to learn every day. Um, as long as I feel like that, I'll be content and I certainly feel like that now. So where that takes me, I don't know. Um, I sat at the start of my playing career and thought I could predict it. I certainly wouldn't have predicted the places I ended up. What I do know is just I, I probably enjoy more now living in the moment. Nice. I don't worry about the future. As long as I work hard enough, I'm sure things will, good things will happen. Sure you were living in the moment when you were scoring out here. I was, I was thinking of getting off the pitch I was cramping up it's <laughs> because I wasn't living my life right yeah, yeah, I'm doing yeah. it now though anyway so um, no listen I had great times one particularly here is probably what Celtic fans remember me for there wasn't that many to remember anyway um, so scoring a cup final here was special Yeah, uh, very best of luck with everything down great thanks to talk to you. brilliant thank you